Hi, everybody. This is Richard Hatch, Tom Zarek on the new Battlestar Galactica, and you're listening to the Galactica Quorum, and it's a fracking podcast. Hey, it's the Galactica. Could they? Would they? Should they? Technically, the skin jobs are around. If you <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Galactica Quorum. It's a fracking podcast. It's a fracking podcast about Battlestar Galactica, baby. Remember that show? We can actually talk about it. Episode 98. You can find us on the web at galacticacorum.com and on Facebook and iTunes. If you look up the same, you can email us at gquorum at gmail.com. That's spelled G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. And our phone number, our voicemail, 301-358-5175. And I'm Brian. I'm Michelle. And we're also on Twitter. Also on Twitter, yes. <laughs> All important Twitter. So yes, we're back after another extended time away. Well, we had no choice. Well, there's no content. And we're not going to do rewatches. We're not doing rewatches. Sorry, folks. I'm not into those. No. So Neither am I. What more can you say? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, we do have the other podcast. We have Geek Quorum, and we've done a couple podcasts recently on that podcast. So if you want to get your fix of the Quorum, we're there as well. That would be my suggestion. Just saying. Just saying. If you want to so, hear us more often, you right. know. And uh, you can't see it right now, but we're in my office, and I have all this video lighting equipment and stuff. Exciting times. So, I mean, that's in the works. I don't know when, but we're hoping Well, what to. exactly are we planning on doing? Or- we're going to do something video-ish. <laughs> we're going to do something that's... It's going to be a mystery. It may be a podcast. It may be a series. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's got nothing. I was going to come up with something witty, but I had nothing. <laughs> So yeah, we're going to talk about the Battlestar Galactica Blood and Chrome web series, because that is now, air quotes, airing on YouTube right now. So far, they have shown the first four episodes as we record this. Yes. And I believe there's... Two more on Friday. Yeah, every Friday yeah. they're doing two episodes. And I believe there's going to be 10 or 12. I think so. I didn't read the schedule. Sorry, I just saw it was every Friday and I got excited and that was the end of it. <laughs> so if you are wondering or did not listen to our last podcast, which was, yes, 11 months ago, where we talked about Blood and Chrome and whatnot, here is a very quick summary of what Blood and Chrome is, was, was going to be, and then was not, and then is now, right? Okay, so there's the series was first conceived as a web series, we're told. This was after Battlestar Galactica, the Ronald D. Moore version, had ended. And I believe also Caprica probably was in production at the time. Or maybe that might not be true because Caprica actually ended production for a long time. And they just took a long time to air them all. Right. So I think Caprica had actually stopped, but they were still airing them over the, a period of like four years. <laughs> the longest season one ever, which took like two and a half years to do. Really? I don't remember. It was, it was pretty much that long. Anyway, it was going to be a web series, and they conceived it as episodes that would be 8 to 10 minutes long on the internet, sort of like how they used to do the old webisodes back in between seasons on BSG. Just like a standard web series. Right. Now, this one was going to be a little different because it was going to be a new story set in the Cylon War, the first Cylon War, 
And it was going to have a young Husker Adama as the lead guy. And it would be shot on green screen. The reason being they sold off all the props. <laughs> That's one of the reasons. I mean, I guess they could have made more props, but I guess they figured, well, we're not going to build them all. For a web series. For a web yeah. series. So we'll just shoot everything green screen. All right. So then months pass and they say, oh, there's a rumor. Sci-Fi is going to take a look at this and then make it a backdoor pilot for an actual series. <laughs> Michelle Rose arrives. Yay, Sci-Fi. <laughs> then, <laughs> then months pass. In BSG land, there's always a months pass between all these different We're events. Two years pass. Yeah. <laughs> and then we hear that it's not going to be a backdoor pilot. And that, in fact, it's not going to even air possibly on TV at all. Then there were some rumors about how they're finding it difficult to make the graphics or the effects, or maybe the story just wasn't holding up, or I don't know. Things were percolating that, you know, things were wrong with this production. It was all crumbling down on itself. Crumbling down. So then it came out that they were going to put it on the web over a series of weeks, and then eventually it would be on Sci-Fi sometime in 2013, and also as a Blu-ray. Now, the actual lead up to when they said they're going to do it and actually put it on the web was uh, like a few days. <laughs> there was like a very short amount of time for. And that's funny because I knew it was coming, but I actually had no idea when it was coming. And it wasn't until Kevin Grazier put it up on his Facebook that I was like, what? Holy crap. I got to go watch it. <laughs> like, I had no idea it was coming out that day. I think it just speaks to the lack of sci-fi's awareness about how to market things or that what to do. That is so not new. It's it's not new. It's, it's not a, new. It's a total indictment about what they've done with the franchise overall over the past yeah. five years. Frankly, it's it's not surprising. It's just still very disappointing. Put I'm surprised. Yeah, truthfully, I'm surprised that channel is even still on. Well, they have no current franchises that are like really... They have the Ghost Hunters. That's about it. Yeah. That's all they got. So anyway, now we get to the actual thing we're going to be talking about, which is the episodes that aired. Prior to this going on, we knew a few things about it. The general storyline had leaked about what the mission was going to be and some of the characters. They had the casting of Adama, who we both were disappointed to see was not the guy who was in the original webisodes, the, the first Husker, because he was really, really good. He had the Dama thing down. The guy that was chosen for this series is kind of a young guy, some guys, you know, on our Facebook page were complaining he looked too emo-ish and it was just too, you know, didn't have the Eddie gravitas. Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, you kind of get the casting in the whole Twilight era, the, yeah, the cute guy. Yeah. Like, I get the casting, but yeah, I agree. I was very skeptical. Yeah. So, knowing all that, so we began with this series. And so far, again, it's been broken into four parts and I won't have the exact synopsis for each episode I mean, I have some notes, but I don't have it, like, each one broken out. To me, it's all kind of been just one piece so far, although they've done a great job of setting up mini story arcs within each one to get you to a, a cliffhanger point that gets you to where you want to be to the next act, so to speak. So we open with, and by the way, these are spoilers about the episode. So. We really should start starting with that in our... <laughs> <laughs> just take note that our podcast is completely a spoiler. It's a spoiler of what's been aired already. It's no spoiler of what's going to come no. that way. So if you have not seen the episodes, we'll be talking about the episodes up to episode four. So episode one begins with Husker arriving on Galactica after a really cool bit of CGI where he's flying around in a simulator of a Viper. What and was your reaction to seeing Galactica again? Well, this is what I wrote in my notes. 
it feels like coming home. Yeah. It felt like, wow, this is what I've been missing for all this time. It was like seeing, this is probably how like a lot of Star Trek fans felt when like TV show was canceled and it came back at the movie theaters and you get to see it on the big screen again. It was like, oh, look at the Enterprise again. It looks so great. It felt like coming home, just seeing the ship again, seeing the hangar deck, seeing the uniform, seeing yeah. all the, you know, in the, the lingo, the language and just all of it. it just felt I like- think. They did a spectacular job setting that up because I really believe that they knew how the true fans were going to react to that scene. And it wasn't just like, hey, we're going to another ship. It was, hey, it's the Galactica. The music and the way they panned in on it. I got a little teary. <laughs> I, I must admit, I, I got, I was a little, man. You know, and the reason I got teary is because Galactica. The show itself has done so much for you and I mm-hmm. that it's just kind of like going, I agree. It was like going back home because that show changed our lives in yeah. so many ways. And it was just, yeah, I got a little teary. Yeah. I'm getting a little teary now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was, it's almost one of those bittersweet moments because it's like, wow, why couldn't we have this type of thing again? Why couldn't it be something that's, if not this particular series, but something that's like that, that's going to be. Yeah. Make you drawn in and just have devotion to a bunch of characters, a story, and even a ship. Yeah. The best shows have the really good ships that you just were like, oh, I love that all girl. She's <laughs> she's a bucket of bolts, but man, I just <laughs> love that. So anyway, getting back to the story, Adama lands and they do a really good amount of characterization in a very short amount of time, I have to say. So Husker meets his Rio, I guess, the guy that's his co-pilot. Right away, you just see that war is hell. In fact, that's kind of hammered over over again you know he's all gung-ho to go into the join the fight and everyone's just like dude and you, you just you don't know you just don't know <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea i want to get out of this i don't care i'm about the fight i want to just you my, are my so green up. it's yeah. not even funny <laughs> like, right. i always enjoy i don't know this is always even with star trek this has been the same with me I like when they show a captain of, in Star Trek, it's the captain. On Battlestar, it's the commander. You see the commander of the Galactica, and it's not a dom. It's some other guy or woman or whoever. And, and it's like, I always like to see who they cast because the commander is supposed to be the embodiment of the ship. He or she is the, the one that's like the power, the speaking, the brain, everything of it. It's a small thing, but I always like to see how different commanders and captains act. So I like that. It was a bit odd seeing the CIC and the hangar deck represented as a completely rendered space. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, CG is one thing and you know, when they're filming on a a green screen, it's very obvious. And I kind of feel like it felt really enclosed Mm -hmm. and the actual CIC, the actual set one, when you saw it in the show, didn't feel so cramped in. Yeah. Yeah. My complaint was CGI sets and whatnot and, I've seen this in the Star Wars movies. It's just that you can take a texture or a surface and have it have as many points or whatever as you want or as many polygons or but everything always just has this softness to it that does not look to me to be real. It looks like it's fake. Yeah. Another thing which I think and you bring up the closeness part and I think that's true. I think when you have people in a room and you just have a screen behind them, and then that's the backdrop, which could extend two feet or 200 feet. You don't know. I think it's difficult for whoever's shooting it with you know the camera to do the right kind of depth of field that you would normally get with a normal set. Because, I don't know, maybe I have to watch it again and maybe see if this is true or not. But it seems like everything is just shot without much depth of field. It's right. all kind of in one 
plane. I feel that way. Like I've been watching Once Upon a Time and they do a lot of stuff in CG. And a lot of it is supposed to be, you know, they're in a big castle. Mm-hmm. Well, they're filmed so close that it just doesn't, you don't, yeah. you're right. You don't get that depth I mean, feeling. The, I feel like the background could supposedly, according to whatever calculations that the 3D renderer is doing, is supposedly out of focus. But like someone like standing in, within a grouping of them, you know, the main principal actor might be there and he's in focus and the guys behind them, maybe they're a little, you know, less out of focus or they're whatever. But somehow I think that is hard to dial in and just figure out, okay, well, this room is supposed to be you know, 40 feet long and, you know, we're shooting it, you know, 4.0 aperture and blah, blah, blah. Somehow I think that's something that optically I notice on some level because it's like, why is it not matching up? It's the same thing with like CG characters that are supposed to be realistic and you just know they're not. Yeah. I think on some level, it's the same thing. You're watching a scene and you're used to certain things being a certain level of focus and, and green screen, they're just not. The other side of the coin though, is that the space scenes with the ships and the fleet maneuvering and the exterior space shots. Those are gorgeous. Just freaking gorgeous. Yeah. It's it's so good. I miss space shows. And you can appreciate what you can do for that specific element of a show. If you need spaceships or vehicles or exterior shots, those do have a place in CGI. Yeah. Interior, still not sold on it, but whatever. And the other thing I would say too is, of course, I grew up remembering the first Battlestar Galactica with the capes and the, you know, the, <laughs> the the Richard Hatch version and so on. I was always a fan of the Viper and they were smart enough to bring back the Mark II Viper for the Ronald Moore version. But I also really, really loved the Cylon Raider and seeing them in this new incarnation where they're more than just a flying disc. I love the design. The new Cylon Raider from the upgraded version that's bent forward and it's very organic and flowy and it's kind of a crescent it's reaching out points are going forward and yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, see, I don't know the original one, so. You can't, for me, the, the original Raider just kicked ass. It was. I actually was wondering that while I was watching and I was wondering if they went back to the old Raider because I never watched the original one and I've never gone back and tried to watch it. <laughs> no, they did. They took the original Cylon Raider. And they even took the base stars. The base stars are also the same concept, which is the two, they're not saucers, but they're that kind of shapes. They're stacked on top of each other. So those even look pretty amazing. Okay. And it's fun to see the old Silent Raider tussle against something like a raptor, which is kind of incongruous in a way, because it's like that's from the original series, and then you get the raptor from the new series, and then like they're in the same, then you put them together, and it's like, whoa. We keep trying to get back to the story, and I keep getting on a tangent about the effects and the ships. and Because um. you're a boy, and that's what you do. <laughs> so Adama goes, and he finds out he's going to be a messenger pilot for a milk run, as he calls it. Which truly pisses him off. Which makes him upset. Because he's a fiber pilot, right. damn it. That's right. <laughs> and a very Anakin-esque kind of fit. Yeah, it was. You know, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, wow, you're a whiny little bitch. (laughs) God, grow up, Anakin. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, it's the same. You're very green. You want to get into the fight and your commander is holding you back. (laughs) So then he sees that one of the passengers is this hottie that's going (laughs) to be with him for a couple days. And so he changes his tune. Who knew that Adama was a flirt? Such a flirt. (laughs) So the hottie turns out to be a scientist who has connections with Greystone. 
industries and we find out she somehow designed some part of the Cylon chip. I did like that kind of mention. It, for me, it was the Baltar-esque sort of, well, I'm responsible for this in some way type of characterization that, you know, okay, that's fine. It wasn't too over the top for it you? It wasn't too over the top. It's interesting that they are integrating just a little bit of the Caprica storyline with the Holoban goggles and the uh, right. the mention of the Greystone Industries. You know, if that's as far as they take it, fine. I hope they don't go any further. I prefer they have most of the connections be to Battlestar Galactica and only the slightest connection back to Caprica. Right. And if they do, just take the cool stuff, <laughs> which was the Cylon development and I guess you could say those Holoband things, which are whatever. I was kind of thrown at first when I saw the Holoband. I don't know why. I probably shouldn't have been because I should have known better, but I guess I was so used to Battlestar Galactica being very low-tech that I was like, wow, that's a really high-tech device because I tried very hard not to make that Caprica connection. Right. But then I was like, oh, yeah, I guess we got to go there. Yeah, they have to. I mean, I guess they could say that they shut them all down because it was too dangerous to be hacked or something. Right. Or maybe they just, maybe it's like the iPhone 5. They came out with a new version. They had a new plug to connect. And then the war happened and there wasn't enough of them anymore. And then when the apocalypse happens, everyone's like, I need to plug in my Holoband. Oh, I've only got the connection for the Holoband 4. <laughs> we have a hundred of those, but that does us no good. <laughs> I've got a Holoband 5. <laughs> My maps don't work. <laughs> My maps don't work. How are we going to get to Earth? <laughs> what are we going to do? Uh, so they go on their mission. They encounter some problems along the way. They get to the rendezvous point, and they see the Battlestar they're supposed to connect with is destroyed. Then they're attacked by a couple of Cylon Raiders. And Adama, using some amazing feats of ingenuity and piloting skill, manages to get rid of both. Well, they had to put that in. Well, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's got to prove himself somehow. Right. <laughs> then they jump once again to a ghost fleet. And that was cool. And just seeing new ships, not just Battlestars, but these other Corvette or frigate type of ships. And those were cool. And I thought it was really nice that the main platform that they're launching this mission to on this ice planet wasn't a Battlestar at all. It was like another one of these frigate type of things. So they, you saw them still having a... CIC and a launch deck, but it wasn't the usual side pod right. thing. So that was cool. Always good to see new stuff. So they go and they, uh, the mission, which so far is kind of vague, but they need to get down to the ice planet and retrieve something for the scientist. Then they're attacked yet again by Cylons attacking their ship, attacking the Viper escort squadron. And that's where after four episodes, things have stopped. What are your thoughts? I mean, we've already covered a lot of our thoughts, but just in general of what the story is, what are your thoughts so far? In general, I'm very impressed. I did not have high hopes for this series at all, just because of all the initial issues and the will it or won't it. So I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'm really, really impressed. I'm very impressed with the actor. I really feel like he's acting like he's on a series, not that he's acting like he's on just some web show on YouTube. I think he's doing a fantastic job, and I'm very impressed with him. I like the dynamic between Husker and Coker. Mm -hmm. I think it's good for both the characters, because Coker's going to bring Husker down a little bit to reality, and Husker's going to give Coker a little more, you know, pep. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, yeah, let's get into this. Right. So I think it was a good pairing. 
it's only been four episodes. So from what I've seen so far, I'm happy with it. I'm very impressed. I'm feeling like the old BSG. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because my point, which I'll get to in a second, but first I will say online and, you know, people commenting about this on YouTube and they're like, why isn't this a show? This is great. Please bring this, make it a regular series. I mean, this is, I guess, is another topic is could they, would they, should they, you know, <laughs> but I think it's, it depends on who would do it. Yeah. Because do you really want to give it back to sci-fi? Yeah. But the thing that I find interesting is that it's great to have Battlestar Galactica back. And to me, this is like, it feels like Battlestar Galactica. And yet, think about the Battlestar Galactica that we knew, especially in the latter two seasons. It doesn't really resemble that as much. For me, it resembles Battlestar Galactica more season one. Yeah. Because what was the difference? Back then, the Cylons were unknown and there is not a tussle of character allegiances and knowing the enemy. And the enemy has a good side, too. And the good guys have a bad side as well. And lots of, you know, shades of gray and not totally distinctions of, like, a good guy, bad guy. Although the sounds were mostly still trying to kill the humans. But there was all this sort of variations. This has none of that. Yeah. I mean, the bad guys are completely just these unknown faceless they haven't even seen any cylon at all other than the intro cylons. intro cylons which were a sort of backstory did the nanny cylon freak you out that one freaked me out a it little did bit a little bit i was like like i don't, I don't think i want that. you touching my child I, I would design it like to not look so freaky you know <laughs> wouldn't you like put a happy face on it like a hello can you imagine cylon? that thing waking your kid up in the morning yeah i mean so my husband always tells me that he used to have these nightmares about Cylons being at his door because, you know, he grew up with the original Battlestar Galacta. And that nanny Cylon made me think about that. Like, time to wake up, you know, <laughs> by your command. So I wonder if by the end of this web series, if the Cylons will have any character that steps forward, if that's possible, because I don't think the skin jobs have showed up yet in this timeline. So they would all have to be machines. So... Technically, the skin jobs are around. Uh, if you, <laughs> I know you hate this. <sighs> Technically, if you got, I mean, because if you go back to the end of Caprica and then you go mm. to the end of Battlestar Galactica, technically in the timeline, they are there. Rubbing my eyes, rubbing my eyes, <laughs> rubbing my eyes. So what if like Michael Truco shows up? <laughs> like, All right. We are not discussing Caprica. <laughs> I was going to mention this before when I talked about the Greystone connection, but we're not going to bring up Caprica any further than this. So if that does happen, are you just going to be like, you know what? Fuck this series. I'm done. (laughs) I don't think they're going to do that just for this reason. I think they know that enough people did not associate Caprica with Battlestar Galactica or that people didn't look at it favorably or that not enough people just even watched it or whatever, that they're not going to be like, okay, we have to... We have to totally keep the timeline with what we did in Caprica, even though what we did in Caprica kind of screwed up the timeline. But I think the distribution of where this is connected to is more 80% Battlestar Galactica, if not maybe 85%, and only 10 to 15% Caprica. Okay. And maybe shrinking, hopefully, from that. Okay. So anyway, will they have a character that emerges from the Cylon side? And if they do, will it... It or anybody from what would be the bad guy side have some sort of characterization that's sympathetic. 
which is the Ron Moore way of making things become more nuanced and more whatever? Or is this purely just a slam bang, adrenaline, CGI, kick ass? You know, we're going to give you characters you like. We're going to put them in situations that are really difficult. And they're going to get through through their ingenuity, their grit, their toughness and luck. And eh, that's going to worry so much about having statements about freedom of liberties during a time of crisis or genocide or religion or any of these other things that they would do in a series. Maybe that's what they just figured is like, you know what? We don't have the full palette to work with to make all kinds of statements. Although, again, I could say, well, they did a pretty damn good job with the webisodes when they were on New Caprica with the suicide bombers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was very nuanced. And that was people still to this day still talk about how that it's an allegory for so many things that happen in human histories, human like Earth history. So if I was them, I wouldn't limit myself to it. But maybe they just figure, you know, we did it that way for a long time. Let's just do it like this. What do you think they're going to do? I would not be surprised if they do bring forth the Cylon side. And I would not be surprised if there's a Baltar-type character that is on their side or tries to mediate between the two sides. Like, I would not be surprised if they try and do that again. Mm. I just don't see how it could possibly be just a whole shoot 'em up fight series. Yes, okay, that's awesome in the first few, but you can't make the whole series that way. You've got to have a little more content to it. Right. I'm curious where they're going with this passenger woman who worked for Greystone, who ended up being the wife of some famous scientist. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so she's got to have more in depth, and I'm sure they're going to develop her character that way. Mm-hmm. Will they throw anything new, like mind-blowingly new? I hope not. That changes the entire timeline. That changes, but, then, <laughs> but I mean, in a way, I would kind of hope that they would just like introduce something that's like, oh, you know, I hadn't really thought about that before, but oh, that's really cool that that is how that works or just something. It doesn't have to be in- integral to the plot. It doesn't have to be the big, fabulous oh, Oz is really this small guy behind the curtain. It doesn't have to be, you know, the thing that turns the plot. But it kind of give it a reason for being there other than just them going around with CGI vipers and raiders. I think they need to have something, like you said, some characterization that makes it worthwhile and or maybe throw something into the mythos that's going to be like, oh, okay, that's cool. And not something stupid like, oh, she's an angel. That way- <laughs> Because I would be I was st- waiting for you to say something <laughs> about you're that. You're waiting. You're like, when's he going to say it? When's he going to say it? He hates it so much. He'll talk about it. <laughs> I totally forgot about it until I. I yeah. <laughs> Let's bring back Caprica. It's very deep. Caprica, the Cylon, not the show. Right. <laughs> so we will recap again in a few weeks when we see a few more episodes. And who knows? We might, depending on how this goes, we might be talking about Battlestar more in the future. One can only hope. One can hope. There's the Battlestar movie, which there was some non-news about recently, which I guess we'll get to another time, because basically, don't hold your breath waiting for that. (laughs) So not worth bringing up in great detail at this point. But So maybe in a few weeks, we'll have some more. Definitely, if you have thoughts about the web series so far, directions how you think they might go, directions how you think the franchise in general could go, send us your thoughts. Again, our email is gquorum at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook if you look up Galactica Quorum. You can leave messages there. Our website's still 
floating along like a derelict. But mainly if you go to Facebook. <laughs> Someday we'll update it. Mainly if you go to Facebook, that's probably the best way to leave comments and things like that. You can tweet us too, but and you're tweet. limited there. Yeah. Or if you want to leave a message and, you know, have everyone else hear your thoughts, you can leave us a voicemail message at 301-358-5175. So I think that'll wrap up this long overdue podcast. It's been great talking again. We appreciate you for subscribing still after all this time. We've missed you. We missed you. And don't forget to listen to our other podcast, Geek Quorum. So until next time, the jump clock is running. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Do we still have a website? Yes. Supposedly. Quorum. Do you know how to spell it? No. Quorum. <laughs> By golly, we do.